Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and we are continuing our series on the beyond the ninth pick for the Chicago Bears. Obviously, uh, it, it's been a very busy offseason, and today I'm joined by Andy Demetra. He's the play-by-play voice for Georgia Tech. So, Andy, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, of course. So, obviously, if you heard me say uh, Georgia Tech, you probably know I'm about to talk about Keon White because it's a name that's definitely kind of floated around Bears world the last month or so. Well, probably, honestly, since the Senior Bowl, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, On the the Draft Network, Andy, he's the 56th best prospect on their list and the ninth best edge uh, in this class of guys coming out. So let's uh, start from the beginning a little bit. In high school, Keon played both tight end and defensive end. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, spent the first three seasons at Old Dominion where he played uh, both positions there for a little bit before transferring to Georgia Tech in 2021. Uh, He missed the first eight games that season due to an offseason basketball injury, unfortunately. So his really breakout year in Georgia Tech was this last year where he was the full-time starter at that edge position or on the defensive line. So you wrote an article, Andy, on him, and the, the start said, Keon White has never been afraid to work. So tell us a little bit about what how Keon bat- battled back from that injury and was really to make it, make his na- a name for himself this last season. Yeah, and it wasn't just him recovering from that ankle injury to become a, a disruptive edge defender for Georgia Tech this past year. Uh, Keon's got a really great backstory that may make him unique among guys whose names you'll hear circulating among first and second round picks. Like you said, Taylor, he was maybe charitably a three-star guy out of high school in Raleigh, North Carolina. In fact, he told me uh, after the end of his senior year of high school, he still didn't get a single Division One scholarship offer. And he had taken his ABSAB test. He was prepared to go into the military. Had Old Dominion not come through with a scholarship offer as a tight end two weeks before National Signing Day. So he began his college career at the Group of Five level as a tight end. He redshirted his first year. He actually led all Old Dominion tight ends and receptions in 2019. His coaches then broached the idea of switching him to defensive end. He was on board with it. That very first full year that he played defensive end at the collegiate level, he finished top 10 in the nation in tackles for loss. Now, Old Dominion was one of a handful of FBS teams that did not play in 2020 due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that season, he transferred to Georgia Tech. You had mentioned his ankle injury, which – limited him to the last four games of 2021. Even then, his mobility was compromised. You could tell he was not quite the same player. But you saw a full-strength Keon White this past season evolve into one of the more destructive playmakers in the ACC. He led Georgia Tech in sacks. He led Georgia Tech in TFLs. He can play on the edge. He can move at the interior. 
He's 6'5", 280-plus pounds with speed uh, and is really a unique prospect uh, that is rising up draft boards. And even though I know he's been touted as, as anywhere between, you know, the, the ninth best edge rusher in, in the draft and maybe the number 56 overall prospect, he's generating some first-round buzz uh, just because of his physical skills and, and knowing that his best football is still ahead of him. Do you happen to know, Andy, what – kind of initiated the coaches wanting to switch him from the tight end to the defensive end? Was it size? Was it uh, the athleticism that he had on that side? I, you know, it was interesting, Taylor, because he led, like I said, all the players in his position group in receptions. Mm-hmm. And you would figure Old Dominion had identified it tight end of the future. But I, I think probably they saw uh, an ability for him to be an every down factor on the defensive mm-hmm. side. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of some depth issues at defensive end for Old Dominion, and knowing he had some background playing at that position in high school might have made for an easier transition. Keon told me he was a little skeptical at first, but he eventually relented as he told me, as long as I'm going to be on the field. Well, he was on the field and then some. <laughs> he had 19-plus tackles for loss that yeah. season. And not only that, he did it against ACC competition. They played Virginia and Virginia Tech in non-conference that season, and he had five-and-a-half combined CFLs in wow. those two games. So clearly his ability to get negative plays translated to the Power 5 level, and he proved it again this past fall at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the film that I have watched of him, he, he it seems like he's making an impact every time he is out on the football field. So, Andy, you mentioned a little bit of uh, – so he only played the four games in 2021, and this is after not the – you know, Old Dominion was not playing in 2020, but he was named a team captain in 2022. So just in the short time he was playing and in that offseason, he was obviously able to earn trust and likability from his teammate. Tell us a little bit about that leadership role that he was able to take over. You know, from being around Keon these past two seasons, he has a very professional approach to everything that he does, and that really pops. It's not something that you're necessarily going to see in 60 minutes on a Saturday, but when you're in proximity to Keon White you know, every other day of the week, you see it, and you see uh, the tone that he sets within not only his position group, but the Georgia Tech defense. I remember having a conversation with Georgia Tech's former strength and conditioning coach, and this was in 2021 when he had yet to see the field. And I asked him, who's your biggest weight room freak right now? I don't think the words had finished leaving my lips when (laughs) Coach Lou told me, Keon White, no questions asked. Uh, So he he had already built a reputation as a, a unique physical specimen before he had even uh, formally stepped on the field at Georgia Tech. And you have some guys who are kind of weight room impressive or combine impressive, but the the tape on the field reveals something different. Keel White not only is combine impressive, he's not only weight room impressive, but as you've seen his film from this past season, he's football fast. Mm -hmm. He's football strong. He's able to translate those things into – making positive, impactful contributions on the field. And that's why I'm really excited about his prospects uh, professionally moving forward because even in just this smaller runway that he's had, I know that some people might have misgivings that, you know, he's 24 years old. He doesn't have as huge a body of work, uh, even across two, two different schools as maybe some other prospects in the NFL draft. This is a guy who has proven it. And his best football is ahead of him. And you see all of the professionalism that he exuded in getting to the field on Saturday that you know is going to translate to the next level on Sundays. 
which obviously is exactly what we want to hear when we're talking about drafting a guy like that. And the the physical, ferocious type of defense is something that obviously Bears fans are familiar with, and it was lacking last season. The pressures on quarterbacks, uh, we had the fewest pressures in the league, fewest sacks in the league. Our leading sack getter, Andy, last season was our rookie safety. Um, So that's how bad that defensive line was up front (laughs) and how much help they need. Um, So one of the things that I did in your article also, you mentioned, I I think it was your article that I was reading when uh, it was talking about Coach Collins, and he mentioned that he loves the physical style of play that Keon White has and so that's like one of the major factors that really stuck out to him and obviously that's something that clicks with Bears fans and Bears media and anybody that covers the Bears so do you believe that's something that could tie into kind of the Bear way that Keon White could bring? Oh hands down you know Taylor his ability to, to convert speed to power from that defensive end spot is really impressive he is uh, maybe a thicker defensive end, and but he's 286 pounds, but he's got quick feet, which I think comes from his tight end background. Long arms as well. He can line up on the outside. He can move to the inside. And there were several instances this year, just speaking to his ability to run the hump and his ability to have speed coming off the edge. There were several instances this fall where I see him covering a running back on a wheel route out of the backfield and staying step for step with him. Which, you know, again, unless your eyes are fixated on that watching a play, it might go unnoticed. But you watch it back and you're like, yeah, that's not something many dudes can do at defensive end. It's certainly not something you want to be in the habit of doing as a defensive end, tailing (laughs) a running back out of the backfield. But it just speaks to his ability to bring speed in that package at 286 pounds that I think uh, should really make Bears fans excited if they're in a position to draft Keon White knowing that he could not only affect things at that defensive end spot from a speed standpoint, but from a power standpoint as well. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things. And the game I believe you're talking about too, because I remember that was one of the clips that I saw, and I was like, how is he keeping up with this running back so easily and just almost looked like he was – not even having to try to do it. So, and such a big guy with that athleticism and being able to do all of it, obviously, is important. And a lot of people talk a little bit about his versatility, obvious, also on the on the defensive line. Is that something that could he? Do you see him being just an edge guy, or is he able to roll on the inside? What are what are his strengths in that area? He absolutely can roll on the inside, and you know he he gained weight this off season in preparation to play on the interior more. So he's the guy who can cancel a gap. He can take on a double team. Boy, we Keon White had to face a lot of double teams this past year, mm-hmm. which we know can free up linebackers. They can run twists. They can do some creative things because of the attention that he attracts. So yeah, his ability to you know not only line up on the outside but also slide to the inside. Uh, that created problems for opposing teams. It's something that you have to account for. Not every defensive end has just the pure strength to be a factor moving to the inside, but, you know, Keon White has that ability, and we saw a a, a lot of offenses in the ACC try to scheme away from that uh, as they tried to game plan for Georgia Tech this fall. Yeah, so a couple more for you, Andy. Um, Again, I really appreciate it. And also listening to, obviously, you're the play-by-play for Georgia Tech, so you have that voice anyways. But as I'm listening to you talk, I feel like on draft night, after the names are announced, it comes on and they kind of go over all the plays and their their size and athleticism. And I feel like you have have the voice to do that. So (laughs) I was listening. I was like, man, I feel like I'm on on draft day right now. Um, But obviously, Andy, he participated in practice drills all week for the Senior Bowl, but he didn't play in the Senior Bowl game. Um, 
despite not playing, there was still a ton of chatter chatter after leaving that week from the Senior Bowl. Um, what was he able to do in just those drills and things that people are able to see that were got his name out there so much during that week? Yeah, he, he didn't play in the Senior Bowl because he didn't need to. I, I think in all the practices and the good-on-good sessions they had out in Mobile, he proved that you know he, he's a guy who's going to be on a lot of draft boards and whose name will be called sooner rather than later. Uh, you see him lining up against some of the best you know, offensive tackles who were invited to the Senior Bowl, and just his ability to just run the hump and, and have quick hips and, and you know, be able to explode out of a low center of gravity. He showed uh, that in that physical package, uh, he's unique and he's a specimen. So the fact that he didn't participate in the Senior Bowl is more of a compliment to mm-hmm. Keon White than it could be taken as an indictment or, or something that ought to give Bears fans pause. Uh, he didn't play because he didn't need to play. I, yeah. I think he he earned his money, so to speak, uh, just in the practice sessions leading up to it. Yeah, we saw some other guys. I know one of the names that stuck out and kind of the same factor was Dewan Jones. He uh, His measurables were just insane, and he was like, okay, I don't need to play. We're good. You guys have seen what you need to see. Uh, but, Andy, last one for you before I let you go. So, obviously, the numbers last season, seven and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss. Uh, was there a particular game last season that stood out where you were just like, okay, this kid's good, and he's going to go on and be successful at the next level? Uh, it was North Carolina. It was yep. the second to last week of the season. Georgia Tech was on the road. They were facing the North Carolina team that was, I believe, 9-1 at the time. They were number 13 in the nation. Drake May was bidding to get invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony. And Keon White goes out and has the first three-sack game by a Georgia Tech player since Jeremiah Tauchu, NFL veteran, back in 2013. His ability to absolutely cave the pocket and be disruptive and be destructive uh, in that scenario, Uh, Drake may look mortal in that game. He had some video game numbers coming in. I think he has 34 touchdown passes, Mm -hmm. three interceptions. He looked pedestrian in that game against Georgia Tech, and Keon White was a big factor why. Uh, Just not giving him any time to set up collapsing pockets, uh, and even though it was toward the tail end of the season, so I'd hesitate to say that was a breakout game for mm-hmm. Keon White because he had gained a reputation well before that. But just the, 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 the ability for him to be a one-man wrecking crew and single-handedly change the gravitational axis of a defensive line, he showcased that all that night in Chapel Hill. Of course, he had a little extra motivation going for him, Taylor, that night because he was playing 20 minutes from his hometown and I believe it was Brent Key, Georgia Tech's then interim, now permanent head coach. I remember being on the field before the game, and he kind of reminded Keon White, hey, North Carolina didn't offer you, right, out of high school? <laughs> and you could just see that glint in his eyes that, nope, they didn't offer me. Uh, I think they may have <laughs> offered him a spot as a preferred walk-on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe that extra motivation certainly fueled Keon White to a, a pretty jaw-dropping performance, That uh, the highlights of which you will definitely see uh, on draft night, whether it's on ESPN or NFL Network, you will see him uh, wrecking quite a bit of shop uh, against North Carolina when they show the highlight montages of Keon White from this past season. It sounds like Coach Key knew exactly what to say to get uh, Keon White a little bit motivated. because, And also, just because you were talking about what he was able to do against Drake May, real quick, Andy, because also May, obviously, he had over 4,300 y- passing yards that season, but he also had almost 700 rushing yards. And the NFL, you're seeing there's a lot of mobile quarterbacks out 
around the league right now that it's becoming way more prevalent. So do you think that obviously from what you saw from Drake May, he would be able to, whether it be a passing pocket passer type of quarterback or one of those ones that are mobile, he'd be able to match up against either of those? Yeah, I mean, you know why? Because Keon White has acceleration, and he's got really long arms. And it wasn't just that game against North Carolina. Georgia Tech played Ole Miss uh, in September. And, yes, Georgia Tech got routed. But Keon White, uh, Ole Miss uh, has some really quick, elusive running backs. And they've got a, a mobile quarterback as well in Jackson Dart. And we saw him square up these guys, not allow them to get to the edge and be able to turn the corner. So his ability to move laterally and use that, like I said, convert speed into power Mm -hmm. and feel that edge at the defensive end spot, he showcased that as well. Being able to hem in, whether it was mobile quarterbacks or quick twitch running backs, uh, and he's got that speed and wingspan from the defensive end spot to be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. And that's exciting because obviously I I don't think technically in the NFC North, Justin's obviously the most mobile quarterback in the NFC North, but around the league when you're looking, it's just happening more and more. We're seeing these guys that can move and it's very important to have guys coming off both both edges. So hopefully we'll be able to get a guy like Keon out there. And uh, do you think he would be somebody who right away would be able to be on the start starting line for the defensive line? I think if you draft somebody that high, the expectation is that he can be a, a week one starter. Okay. Uh, and, and Keon White certainly has that ability. And, and you know what? We talk often about what you see on film, but there's also the intangible aspect with all of these draft prospects. And Keon is, a, I said it earlier, he's a professional mm-hmm. uh, guy with his approach. He's a cerebral guy. Um, and, and I think that all will show up in his first preseason camp, whether it's with the Bears or with another franchise uh, that would bode well for him being a guy who from the first snap of the season can be on that field and be a dependable player for whomever drafts him. Well, Andy, I really appreciate you hopping on with me. I'm super excited about Keon White. Obviously, if he lands on the Bears, it's even more exciting. But I, I appreciate all the time that you put into talking to me. Well, I appreciate that. Obviously, I want Keon White to be drafted as high as possible. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have a little extra skin in the game were he to be drafted by the Bears because we talked about this. I am the play-by-play of Georgia Tech. But I grew up in Chicagoland. Uh, you know, the vowels have n- are not quite as flat as they used to be now talking uh, with, with various <laughs> folks. But uh, I'm Chicagoan, born and raised, so I'd love nothing more than to see Keon White uh, at Soldier Field. Hey, we love that, Andy, because obviously if you get to you got to cover him, you know, this last couple seasons and do call his play-by-play and then to be able to cheer for him would add a little extra something for you. So, again, I appreciate it, and you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Obviously, when we are looking at the draft, we are – we know. We know the trenches need a whole lot of work. There's a, a, several positions, pretty much every position on the defensive line we really need. They made a little bit of adjustments in the free agency, uh, but still, the way that Flus likes his defense is a lot of those rotational guys, so you need the strong de- you need the strong pieces there as starters, but you also need depth and enough depth that you're comfortable in the rotation that he likes. You also need enough depth at linebacker and that defensive line to be able to do that sub package defense and draw one of those linebackers back and use as a corner because he loves those three. uh, He loves one of those three, that three corner type of defense. Um, And so when you're taking away a linebacker and adding a corner or when you're when he's mixing up all of these different types of things and rotations and guys are moving all over versatility is important also depth is important so uh, someone like Keon I think would be an ideal fit um, again you have questions when it comes to the, how much he was able able to actually do but the bottom line looks like he 
was getting better and better every single game. And by the Senior Bowl, he was he, his agent, and all of the scouts and coaches were confident enough in what he showed in the Senior Bowl without even playing in a game. That 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 gives you a lot of positives to look at for Keon White. So obviously. We need pressures. We need sacks. We need everything that you can possibly account for on the defensive line because last year we just got none of it. Um, and how much does those edge positions help interior and how much is interior going to help the edge position? So it'll be really interesting to see how all of this plays out. But Keon's definitely another guy that we can be keeping our eye out for uh, to be a bear next year. So anyways, keep on listening to this series. We have a few more for you to go within the next couple weeks. And I appreciate everyone for listening. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is Making Monsters.